gay rights, where where all these things, demonic things are taking place. And in essence, we've given them over. We need to take them back. So Lord, I just pray that my light, that your light shines so brightly, people begin to take notice and people begin to look to you, God, where it says about Jesus, in him was life and the life was the light of men. Oh God, it's not my light, it's your light. So Lord, may your light shine throughout us all the time and be strong and be that lighthouse that draws in in the time of storm. People, Lord, that say, they there's something different about you. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. So Lord, as that light went off this morning, I thought, oh my goodness, let us not be lights with timers in Jesus name amen good morning LFCC good morning. Well, we can do better than that good morning LFCC good morning. <laughs> how's everyone doing this morning on behalf of our apostle David who's not here this morning and our prophet Linda Jenkins we want to welcome everybody this morning Everybody is welcome this morning. But I want to do something a little different. I was remembering when I first came to the church that sometimes my mind would be so busy in thought that I would just walk past people and not say anything. And the Lord's really been working with me on that. So this morning, we're not just going to greet our neighbors, but we're going to get up and move across the room and greet those we haven't greeted this morning. So let's start greeting. I think I got everybody on this side.
You know, sometimes we forget how a simple greeting can brighten someone's day. And sometimes we forget how a simple greeting can even brighten our day because it gets us out of our own mindsets. So once again, we want to welcome everybody on behalf of Apostle David and Prophet Linda Jenkins. And we want to ask, is there any first-time guests here tonight, today? We have first-time guests over here. They've already been greeted, so continue to show love. Continue to show love. And with that, we're going to let the spirit move for even further. We're going to welcome our prophet, Linda, for the word today.
So the power went out to my car is still up on the, in his garage up on the land he called it And so he asked me to get off the You got it? So everything's okay. Everything's okay with Pastor David. And we just thank God that um, he is an able enough to fix my again. <laughs> so just thank God for that. Um, it, it just kind of put me in a little place of standing on the word, finding out, you know, got the word tomorrow. And so I'm thankful, thankful and that was just an evening I found out. And so I'm a studier, y'all, so I had to go, ah, oh my God, you want me to do But I thank God that I, I don't just study for the word. I study every day, so there's something about to go, study, study, so I thank God, um, Loving that you made it to the house of the Lord. You know, God is good, and there's so many things that can stop us, but I'm just thanking God that we are here together, together, because in our, in our, by ourselves, we're, we're good, but the unity of the saints when we come together, and it's like you can see that was such a good thing to do with my bed and the time, and then I was sitting there, and I was thinking when I walked in the door, I used to get to, you guys usually know that I'm, I'm hugging on everybody when I walk in the door, but I was kind of like get myself together because uh, I just try to get here without Pastor David. I have a little challenge this morning. So I'm we're trying to get to the door and look calm. But then when I'm coming to the door, I'm like, I didn't even get to hug anybody. I didn't get to say, and then what, what, what did our brother do? Elder got up and he said, we're going to stop. And I was like, God, you are so good because you knew exactly what I wanted to do, that I wanted to hug everybody. And I really like that Okay. <laughs> I thought it was like, no, Pastor Man. But I was worried that was, I, that was beautiful to be able to hug on people and just interact with one another. That just felt so good. Our worship team did an amazing job this morning. Thanking God for you. So this morning, I want to um, talk about one of the things that really is dear to my heart for another area that I haven't really studied prayer. And um, sometimes, sudden it hit me that he could see me. And I said, that is not funny. I don't like that at all. Because <laughs> I don't like that voice keep coming out of nowhere. But I thought about that. He says, well, I like it because I can see you and I can see that you're safe. And I can see. And I thought about it that, you know what? That's how God is. God, we can talk to God because 
he is ever present, you know. And this camera makes Pastor David, although he's in Seattle, he can see me. But just think about God, it doesn't matter where we're at, he sees us. It doesn't matter where at all you're at, our God can see us and that he can, we can call on him and we can call, and he just wants to be a part. Well, you're not alone, Jason, you're not alone. You're, I'm right here, even if he hangs up, I'm right here. And, you, and that's what God wants us to know, that prayer is that. That God is right there. He's in the car. He's in the room. He's on your job. He's, he's everywhere we're at. God is. We are never, ever alone if we don't forget that we have that connection right there. And isn't it sometimes that God kind of baffles us or scares us because it's been such a long time that we've had a conversation with him that all of a sudden he has to shoot in and it says, like, sometimes he talks to us in a whisper. that he has to come in really, really out. Whoa! And it's only because we've gotten used to not talking to him daily and all day. So I want to talk about uh, the, the scripture that says, my house will be called a house of prayer. And this is very, very important to me because a lot of times in ministry, we can get really um, excited about
sometimes when you, when you and your husband are not uh, jealous, okay? Have you ever been not jailing very well? And you get in the car and you're not jailing with your husband and so da 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 da. How you doing, baby? Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. We were both looking out the window and you went all the way from here to Seattle and you haven't said a word because you're not jailing, right? And there's things on your heart, but you don't know how to say those things on your heart, and so everybody's quiet. Well, sometimes that's what's wrong with our relationship with God. Is that we're out of sorts with God, we're either mad at Him, we didn't come through like we thought that He could. And so we when we go down to talk to Him, we don't want to talk to Him because we didn't answer that last prayer. And, but God wants us to know, come on, I want I want to know your disappointment too. And sometimes with our spouses, we don't want to tell them our disappointment because you know, it might seem like you're telling them something they can't handle. You understand what I'm saying? We, I don't want to tell you that because it's going to offend you. It's going to hurt you. But God says, you can tell me. It's not, you can tell me anything. It's not going to hurt his feelings. He actually wants that kind of conversation. I want us to go to Isaiah 56 and 7. We're going to see a time where the Lord wants the house of God to be a house of prayer. He wants that. He says, you call it a house not just a women's place where I go have women's ministry, a fellowship, just a house of prayer. And I always remember times where we've had some just amazing prayers where God just took the place and God just did things so amazing in this house. And sometimes we forget that that's where it starts at. That's where it begins at, is in that prayer time with God who can lead us into all the other areas. In Isaiah 56 and 7 it says, all these I will bring to my holy mouth to make them joyful in my house of faith. Guy, I thought about Bible study the other night when we were saying how in the book of Acts we find that the people of God that as when they started the church, he said that they were happy, that joy together, and God is bringing this back. He says, and I will make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all people. My house is called, it means like anybody can come in here because it's a house of prayer. There's, there's, there's none of those isms and schisms because in prayer, prayer takes all that stuff away, right? So my house is called a house of prayer. So we're going to go to the story where Jesus, we find Jesus at one of the times that a lot of people use this as a to be very angry. And they said, Jesus was angry. And so they used this scripture. We're going to explain a little bit about that, okay? Because there's something about being angry. God didn't say anger is a sin. did not say that. He said, and a lot of times, but it doesn't say use our anger to hurt us, right? And he said, be angry, but what? Sin not. And so some people, when they're all out of sorts and they're doing all kind of crazy stuff, they can say, well, Jesus was angry. But Jesus did not hurt the people, okay? So here we go. Matthew 21, 12 through 13. And Jesus went into the temple, whole temple enclosure, and drove out all who brought and sold in the sacred place. And he turned over the four-footed tables of the money changers and the chairs of those who sold doves. He said to them, the scripture says, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it into a den of robbers. When 
I thought about that, I think, could you imagine that as Jesus was walking today and he just came in here and he started just pushing pins, pushing over the pool pit? Could you imagine how everybody was? Can you just imagine what everyone was thinking at that time when they see Jesus? This is the man who's done miracles, and this is the man they've heard great things about, the compassion of Jesus. And so then all of a sudden he comes into the temple and he just pushes over the tables. And so some people look at that and what was going on? So in this story here, what was going on was that the people, when they came to the temple, had to bring an unblemished uh, uh, lamb that, that would be accepted for sin offering. And you had to bring that, and you couldn't have any blemishes on it. And so you bought it, and the priest would inspect it, and so that was, you know, your sacrifice. Well, what was going on was that the, they had um, right inside the people who thought about uh, their game. What they would do is they actually, when I studied it last night, they would actually present. They would actually bring lambs, but when they bought lambs, they had these people who would declare that the lambs were blemished, even though they weren't blemished. So that they could, these other people that were selling lambs, they could buy the lambs from the people that was in the temple. So, so they, you know, they were using the people would come with their unblemished lambs, and they would say, no, that lamb is, is blemished. Now, go, you have to buy a, another unblemished lamb. You know how people do when they are out for dishonest things. And so this is what they were doing. And so that's why he called them. But you have made it again a robber because they, they were robbing the people. And this is something when God stands up, if there's anything that makes him angry, it's injustice. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't like injustice. He doesn't like when, we, when we're doing things for our own self instead of for the glory of God. In Matthew 21 and 13, he quoted this text, My house was designated a house of prayer, and you have made it a hangout for thieves. Now, understand this, even when I read this last night, was that the priest actually knew that these people were doing it. So not only were the robbers that were doing it, but the priest knew that the robbers were doing it, and they weren't not stopping it. So you see, with God, there was not, he had an issue not with just the people that the robbers, but the, the, the priests were being robbers too. Because the, pe- the priests could have stopped it at any time, but they were doing it too. And I kind of wondered, were they getting a cut, you know? I was like, how come they were doing that? And so this is one thing about God's house. He wants God's house to be pure. He wanted God's house to be integrity. He, he doesn't want God's house to have any and everything in it. And I want you guys to think about that when I'm saying that, because right there we're talking about uh, a tangible um, house, but also I'm a house of God. So everything that I'm saying, let's put it both ways, okay? That he doesn't want thieves in the house, this house, nor does he want thieves in this house. And if there's anything that makes God angry is when we allow thieves in the house, okay? And so that's why uh, the subtitle is, subtitle, title is, Get the Thief Out. Get the Thief Out. Prayer should be a defining mark of God's house. Everyone should know 
Have you ever thought sometimes that you have to stop? And I know it was me. Sometimes I've been like, you know what? what? Like I'll be talking to somebody, and they might be talking about something they're going through, or, or they might be talking about an issue in their body. And, you know, I, I can be very sympathetic about it. Oh my goodness! And where does that hurt? And, and how does that feel? And you know, you get this whole conversation, and then uh, you get you get to walk away, and then you think to yourself, why you just you know what? We had this whole conversation, but I didn't. I didn't do what was best. Well, I just talked about it, but I did, maybe I'm the one that has done that. But talked about things, and then later on, get off a phone call and go. We didn't pray. We just talked about that. We didn't pray. And so God wants the defining uh, virtue in us to be hearts that are instant in prayer. That when you know when people are talking. All the conversation, and God has told me so many times, into all the conversation in the world cannot do as much as taking that situation to Him. All the reasoning and opinions and, and empathy and sympathy can do nothing better than us both taking it to God in prayer. Because when we take it to God in prayer, it's when the Holy Spirit begins to talk to us, and the Holy Spirit will give you just what to say. The Holy Spirit will even give you solutions if it to God in prayer. Cause so sometimes we can leave each other, and I can be so sympathetic with you that we both need sad. You know what I'm saying? We're not encouraged. But I'm, I'm even more sad as I'm driving home and thinking, why did you have to go through that? God, that's so hard. She's going through that for years. And you know, all of a sudden, I'm pulled into that, and we're both sad. There's no more strength to us. But if we had to just pray, if we had to just lift it up the name of if we had allowed the Word of God to fill our hearts so that we can at least walk away with the strength of the Word instead of the sympathy and sadness. And so the prayer should be a defining mark in the people of God. It should be, it should be instant in prayer. And sometimes, we, you know, we talk too much and we need to say, wait a minute, let's come on, let's pray right now. Let's just pray right now. One of the things that I'm loving is the men, I don't know, in my house it's been just a beautiful thing that Elder really has the men going through this prayer thing. And I just love it so much. I love it. I have seen just by um, Pastor David having on the prayers, you know, listening to the prayer in the morning. And, and I just, I listen to him, listen to the prayer. And then I just hear him speaking in tongues. I just like, oh, I love this so much. Because I've seen just more prayer being the emphasis of our home instead of sometimes we get up in the morning and we're really talking about this, this person, what do we need to do with that, what do we need to go, oh, what is but this part is like, it's not the sharing. God is really, uh, and I'm talking about, like I said, y'all don't pray? Yeah, we do pray. But I'm talking about an emphasis on prayer where we're allowing God to, because sometimes we can allow people to direct our path. And I mean by this, people's urgency, people's need to direct our path. Whereas when you let prayer direct your path, then you're going to what the need is that God wants you to go to. And you're not missing something because I might have went over here. You remember how Jesus, he, when they would call on him, Jesus would sometimes, he wouldn't run over there, right? He, he waited for the Father to move him in the direction that he needed to move. And we all need that because sometimes it's the enemy's design to move us away from what we really need to be attending to. And so I thank God for that. Um, I want to tell you a little bit. I thank God for that. I'm hoping all the men are just really doing that because it's terrible, terrible thing. Prayer is the language of dependence. 
Dr. Godwin, prayer is the language of dependence. There was a quote that says, he who prays not is endeavoring to live independently of God. Prayer is the language. Prayer, when I go in prayer, I'm saying, Lord, I need you. But when I don't ever pray, it means I got this. (laughs) I can do this. I can handle this. I don't need no extra input. I understand everything. But prayer shows, Lord, I need you. And even if I think I got it, I want to make sure I have it. And that's why I'm going to pray because I need your input before I even make steps. How many have made steps if you never had made? Steps that if you had to just pray. And then if you had to pray and obey. Because sometimes we pray and God does tell us, don't make that step. And so we, just, we don't obey. So we've got to pray and obey. And then we come out with what God's victorious outcome. Life is, is such that there's so many circumstances that are scheduled, social, society, pulls on us, pulls on us, pulls on us. And sometimes we feel like we're just too busy for it. But we're too busy not to We live in such a busy time that we're just too busy not to pray. And we got to tell ourselves every day, I'm just too busy not to pray. I need to stop right now. I need to pray. I need to. I can't just keep running, running, running. I need to, before I run, I need to pray because I'm going to get into the day and the day's not going to stop. There's not going to be something in the day that goes, stop now. This is prayer time. No, they keep calling out to you to do more and more and more and more and more. So we're too busy not to pray. So we need to pray. And I love how David says, first thing in the morning, he prays. He doesn't start. He prays. First thing in the morning. And sometimes he says, I'm going to pray later. I know that's the trick of the enemy when I hear, I'm going to pray later. <laughs> I'm going to pray after I do the dishes. No, I'm not. Because then I'm going to put a load of laundry in. It's like, no. Pray when you first get up. Give God the first attention and focus so that he can show you what to do. In this chapter, when we're reading about Jesus going into the temple, we see that they had lost their focus. First of all, they had a love of money. And why Jesus was angry was what to be a blessing and help the people turned out to be for their own personal gain. We are blessed to be a blessing as God's people. And God blesses us with a lot of lot of things. But if we don't look at that as a blessing to give out, it's just accumulate, 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 then we all we're thinking about is us. And we we lose the focus that we are supposed to be as Pastor David always that conduit, that that flow of how God can get things to others. We've been looking at in our Bible study and Acts is like in, uh, they sold everything that they had. And in, the, in, in Acts, it's, it's just an amazing thing that they shared what they had. They sold their houses and their land. And anyone that didn't have anything, they would share that. And we were talking about, like, you know, today, how would that even work? You know, and, and I love how Joel was reminding us because it's a different mindset. The reason why I can't work is because we're really all about ourselves. And we're really about the more that we have, the more status we feel we have. You know, the the more I have, the the greater I think I am. So to give something away would would decrease me in some kind of way. But instead of realizing that, you know, we have more than enough. 
and God blesses us with more than enough, and the more than enough is not just to build another barn to put it in, but it's to, to open my hands and to give it to somebody. And so a lot of times that, that's why we can't do anything because of this. This is the thief in the house, that love of money, that love of material things, that love of, of being better than the Joneses, that love of, of having status and looking like I'm the greatest. That becomes a thief in our house so that we can't do what God would have us to do. Then they had a lack of fear of the Lord. They were right in the temple. They were, it didn't say they were down the block. It would be different if, if they were selling seats down here on the corner, okay? But they were in the house of God selling the sheep. They had a lack of fear. They had lost their fear. They were right next to the Holy of Holies, yet they were dishonest. They were lying, and they were stealing from the people of God as if God didn't see it or that God wouldn't judge it anymore. Lust of things, loving the world, will make you lose the fear of the Lord. And it will make you justify the areas that please you over the areas that go against the Word of God. And I really need us to, to hear this. Having wrong relationships, sometimes we'll have that relationship that we're not supposed to be in. Being untruthful, lying, taking God's money, right? We take tithes and offerings, right? In the house. Right in, not outside, but right in the house of God. It says unforgiveness, sin. It desensitizes us to the point that we feel no conviction while sitting right in the house of God. That night, that really hit me because that's something God just said straight to my spirit. He said, there's a lot of people. It's a difference when you're coming to the house of the Lord and you're truly wanting to be I told you that's a process. You truly want to be, so you're making the steps to be transformed. There's a difference being transformed than this is my area and I'm just not going to do it because I don't, that doesn't feel comfortable to me. I don't want to do it. I don't feel like doing it. Um, you know, God's word said do this, but I want to do that. There's a diff. I want to do that. There's a difference in sitting. I could say, you know, Lord, uh, okay, let me say, I'm an adultery affair. Okay, God, I'm an adultery affair. God, I love him so much, but I know this is against your word. Please help me, and I'm coming every Sunday. Please help me to get out. Please help. Oh, the other side is, I'm an adultery affair, and God, I know, I know, I know you're going to forgive me. I know you're going to forgive me that this is what I'm going to say. There's a difference here. That's a willful sinning without you saying with your whole heart, Lord, I, help me to get out of this. Um, if I'm going to, I, you know, paying tithes is hard. Hard? Who loses love paying tithes in the first place? I love you, Mother Allen. She said yes. Okay, there's one. There's, okay, I didn't think I loved it. I first I was going to say it. But anyway, um, I did love it at first. But then I had what did God say? What did God say? And I made so many excuses why not paying tithes, you guys. What I would say is, I bought some curtains for the church. That, that's my tithe right there. 
you know? Our, 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 our helps with women's ministry, there's my tithe. I made so many reasons. If I bought anything for the church, that was my tithe. But God had to give me, he said, that, that doesn't include you. That's not what I said. I said, 10% is mine, okay? And I had to get to a place, Lord, help me. Help me to do your word and not rationalize myself out. And then don't, even when Pastor David said, um, you pay on the growth and not the net. on the growth, and then Pastor David said, Uncle Sam, we don't even trust you, and he takes his out because he knows you ain't going to pay it. And I was like, so God shouldn't have to feel like that. Those kind of things, I had to submit my heart and surrender my heart to the Word of God beyond what made me feel comfortable, beyond what makes me feel like, like, I don't understand this. That doesn't make any sense. God did, there's oh, so much words it's not going to make sense to us, you guys. And there's so many things as parents that you tell your children it's not going to make sense, but if they wait around till it makes sense, some of them could be dead. Right? If any of us may, waited around to make, you know, you don't see no car, but they see something coming. And they're like, get out of the street. And you're like, yeah, that don't make no sense. I don't see anything. We're dead. There's so many things that we're going to have to take God at his word when we come to him. God, what does your word say? This is what I'm going to do. So all these things, God was saying, they were sitting right in the house of God, and we can be sitting in the house of God with no... Remember this, when the word comes forth and you're doing that thing that God says thou shalt not do, and there's no conviction, there's no conviction, because it means that you become that thing has gripped you. It's just gripped you to the point you don't have, you're not sensitive to the word anymore. And so sometimes we can sit in the house of God and be sinning. And what happens is we think, well, nothing's happening to me. <laughs> you know, no lightning has struck me. Nothing is happening to me. And so we just keep staying there because there's, but you don't, that's not you And that's because he loves you so much. So remember what I told you before. Death does not mean you just fall out all at once. Death is a slow death. And you look up and the next thing you know, here comes a loss that you're wondering, how did that loss happen? Right? It, it seems quick, but you, ha- you forgot that all this time you've been trespassing, trespassing, and nothing's been happening, nothing's been happening, nothing's been happening. So then when it happens, you're like in shock, but, but it's like that whooping that mom's going to get a whooping. She's going to get a whooping. You're going to get a whooping. You're gonna get a whooping. You don't even get a whooping. That's it. Pow! And you're like, what? Because she's been saying all up until that moment, and you're thinking because she hasn't done it that you're safe with it. That it, and, and all it really does, instead of making you come out of it, it makes you feel safe in doing it. And God wants you to know this morning there's no safety in sin. Can I say it again? There's no safety in trespassing against God's word. And the outcome is not going to be like we think it's going to be, that because God is letting us do it, that he's turned his head away and ignored his word because of me or you. God does not ignore his word. He does not turn his head away. That is his mercy. 
that's just giving us time to, to say we really repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Help me. Help me to come out and line up with your word. But the more that we keep on ignoring it, keep on ignoring it, now we're getting all into the devil's camp right now. You know what I'm saying? You're getting further away from God's protection and into the devil's camp. And the devil, he just wants to lock you up. And then there comes a day when you're really trying to, why am I so deep in this? Because God has been trying and trying and trying to give you the opportunity that every time you hear the word, you say, this is the day. This is the day of salvation. This is the day that I stop doing that. This is the day that I don't go there. This is the day that I do exactly what God wants. This is the, God is waiting for us to say, this is the day. And to walk out and make that day become that day, okay? Not walk out the church. Sometimes you can come to the altar. This is just So right out the door, pick up the phone and call him. God is saying, this is the day. And what God would say, this is the day, so what do we do? I take that phone number out of my phone. That's what shows God, this is the day, okay? I pay my tithes before I get out of here today. This is the day. I go up to somebody and say, you know what, I've been having this thing against you, and, and I have this hatred in my heart, and I need to, today I'm going to do that. I'm not going to be like, you know what, next week, next week I'll call her. This, no, this is the day of salvation. I won't let my heart get hard and, and hardened because it can happen in an instant. It says, hard not your heart. This is the day I believe, but if I don't do it and walk in obedience, immediately can, the enemy can come and steal what I said out of my mouth. Out of my mouth has to go to my feet, to my hands, and my heart into some action in it. And the enemy loves for us to hesitate because hesitation means he has more room to have me keep on doing what I'm doing. Some of us are locked up in things that we've heard the word over and over and over again. And it's only God said our lockup is only because we won't obediently do what God is told us to do that day. That day. It's some way, somewhere far off in the future. The world is looking for, for people of God. They're looking for change. They're looking for integrity. They're looking for people that that represent him, that he's an integrous God. He does not lie. What he says he's going to do, he's going to do. But when they see our wishy-washy life, I got to go to church. They, they live just like me. You know, they're just like me. There's, there's got to be something in our life that says we have something more powerful than that. And I say this every day. No, my flesh doesn't like to be a lot of people. But when I first come out, it's hard. 
it's hard. And, and, and it's like, God, do I have to do this? But it gets easier. And then once you come out of one thing and you see the results, all of a sudden it becomes a little easier. Because only God does only good things for us. All things work together for the good of us. And once all of a sudden you start seeing, okay, I didn't understand that, but I had to come out of that. But look how that works. And now I'm at another crossroad that I don't want to come out of. But you know what? God told me to come out of that, and look, that came out real good. So I'm just going to kick the screen. Just go ahead and, and come out. Because it's going to work out for my good. We can't keep saying, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. And never work toward Christ-likeness. I'm still Linda-likeness. People need to see Christ-like in me. And I, I can't keep saying, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. And I'm breaking all his commandments as if, you know, I'm his favorite child and I can do that. You know, a lot of us say, I'm his favorite. But that doesn't mean that you can still sin. He wa- if you're his favorite, even more so, he wants you out of that sinful place. He wants you to stop stealing from his favorite. So when we're saying that, don't use it as an excuse that I'm his favorite. He's not going to do that to me. He's not going to do that to me. He's not going to do that to me. You know what? A lot of things he doesn't do to you, the consequences of your sin is going to do. See, a lot of things we're waiting on God to do some lightning, but you know what's going to happen. If I put my hand in that fire and keep putting it over my finger, God doesn't have to burn my hand up. The fire is. It's not God burning my hand. It's the fire. I'm doing what, what is opposite of what I'm supposed to do. And the consequences of that thing is coming up against me. In Psalm 53 and 1, it says this, The empty-headed fool has said in his heart, There is no God. Corrupt and evil are they, and doing abominable iniquity. There is none who does good. When we think of the scripture about the fool has said in his heart, we think that is a person that doesn't believe in God. So a lot of times we go back to the atheist. There it is. So we will blame it just on the atheist. The atheist is a fool, but we can be so Because the fool has said in his heart. It didn't say that the fool said out of his mouth. The fool said in his heart. He said in his heart heart, there is no God. And how I know it's in his heart, how God knows that it's in our heart, is just how we walk it out. When I walk out and I continue in sin, I'm saying, there's no God. A fool has said in his heart, there's no God. That's why a fool can just walk around and do whatever he wants to do, sin, and do whatever he wants to do, because what they're really saying, there is no God. There's no competency. There's no punishment. I can handle this. A fool has said that because when I say in my heart that there's a God, I'm going to obey him. But in my heart, when it's not really that there is no God, I'm going to do what I want to do. When I say there is no God, then I am putting myself, I'm deifying myself over God. I'm God. I live like how I want to live. I do what I want to do. God is saying, we got to be very careful sitting in the house of God, hearing the word of God, and then walking like there is no God. We have to 
see what our focus is. In, in, this, in this chapter, they had a shifting of focus. What God had called them to do, this, this beautiful thing, was that they could bring their lamb, and the lamb, the unblemished lamb, covered their sin. This is a beautiful thing. But now that somebody looked out and said, hey, you know what we can do with that one? You know, we can make them pay for our lamb when they get here, and we can lie to them. <laughs> they had shifted their thought focus off of what God had made this beautiful way. When God makes a way for us, that's what he's always made a way for us. Now they had taken the way that God had made for the people and used it for themselves. Their focus turned from God. They had turned ministry into a business that was supposed to serve God's people to personal gain. And we can see that in churches a lot. We can see that all over the world a lot if we're not careful from the pulpit to the door. We can all God, Look how big my church is. Is everybody here? also look at as, as it as respect. Some people, they don't like a church of this people. But that doesn't mean they're successful. And they will go through everything and they will, everything to do anything, they, you know, they're going to dumb down the word, they're going to have fun, because we want to have fun because that will draw the people in and, we do, uh, and, and we're going to cut dumb down the word and we're not going to speak about things that, that, that the word says it. We're not going to speak about gays. We're not going to speak about some people get so nervous. We're not going to speak about anything that's, that's not politically Because why? Because it dumbs down our membership and the membership is what makes you feel affluent. What makes you feel like I've arrived? God is not about that. God is about us telling the truth. And if none go with me, as long as God goes with me, that's what God wants. God wants people to come in and get the truth of the word. And a lot of times, because we want to have that popularity and have people like us, God's crazy. Somewhere along the way, if you, if you ever, ever get in the position that some of y'all do, you know, you get around, you get around the pastor, and that's sometimes the first thing is, and how many people are at your church? And how big is your church? And, and so you kind of sit back sometimes, you know, they're like, Sometimes we're going for big when he's going for healthy. You can have a thousand unhealthy people talking about, I got a great church. And you have two dedicated to God who can go out there and touch people with truth. That's way better than God. Way better than God that you have healthy than a wealthy audience. 
And God wants us to get to the point that we are doing what he says over what our heart wants to prove. In Revelation 2 and 4 it says this, But I have this one charge to make a difference. If you have left, abandoned the love that you had at you. You have deserted me. This is my heart. So I see so many believers abandoning this place. Come to God. We worship you. We love you. We worship you. We love you. But we begin to look out the window of the world, at the world and their life. Abandon. Our first love is God. I see so many people that was in Christ that won't even mention the name of God. I look and I'm like, it's all about them and what they're doing and how they're doing it. And there's nothing about, I could do nothing without God. Without God, I'm like a ship without a ship. They don't even want to put God in it. They don't even want to say God because they want to draw a certain type of people. And if they put God in it, that's going to push, they abandon their first love. And God keeps saying, I don't care how successful you think you are in and of yourself. That's just a trick of the enemy. Because if I'm not the head, if I'm not the most important, if I'm not first, if you're ashamed of me, God knows he's going to be ashamed of you. And God is saying, come back. back to everybody's going to know I love Jesus. Everybody's going to know that he is the strength of my life. Everybody, when there's not going to be a room that I go into that people don't know that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Some people say, just be quiet, just be a little quiet. Don't, don't talk Jesus so much. Don't talk Jesus so much. What? They need what you have. They're dying for what you have. But you're trying to hold it back to gain them, and they want to gain your Lord. God said you have lost and abandoned the love that you had at first. I'm asking us to think this morning when you first came to Christ. The love that you had for him, you have that love. The same as Or has it been to me? Or some kind of disappointment or God. Or some kind of want that you don't think you're good from God. Please think about me. I don't want God saying to you, I love you so much. You love me so much, you know? You're ashamed of me. In Revelation 2 and 4 it says, but you walked away from your first love. And then he asked, there's a question that we need to answer. It says, but you walk, you guys, I want you to look up at that scripture, and I want you to see it. But you walked away from your first love. Why? 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 We need to answer Why? Why isn't he our Why is he descending? Why is he just Wednesday by why isn't he on all day long when I'm with Jessica? 
when I'm with the grocery store person? Why is he just sometimes with the same but not with the other? Why? We need to ask ourselves, why? It says in John 2 and 16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the craving for sensual gratification, the lust of the eyes, the greedy longings of the mind, and the pride of life, assurance in one's own resources are in the stability of earthly things. These don't come from the Father. These things come from the Lord. In Hebrews 13 and 5 it says, Let your character or moral disposition be free from the love of money, including greed, adverse, lust, and craving for earthly possessions. And be satisfied. That's how we lose our, our, our love for God, is we get discontented. And be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. We're about to go into the Thanksgiving season, and sometimes that's the season we all begin to just think about being grateful, thankful, and right. But God, it's supposed to be an everyday thing. Being grateful every day. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. Can I say that again, you guys? I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. God said some of us are mad at God because we think he failed us because of the consequence we got by putting our hand in the fire. We were supposed to put our hand in the fire and not get burned. We were supposed to jump off the top of the building and not flat to the ground. We want God without him to, to take away all the consequences. And so we get disillusioned because he did it. God said, why are you disillusioned with me when I told you exactly what was going to happen? That I'm a God that cannot lie. He said, but if you do and obey me, I'm going to be with you. And last night I was thinking, God, with the Hebrew boy, sometimes we, we're just mad because we had to go through the, through the fire in the first place. We're like, why do I even have to go through the fire? If you were really my God, you would have killed the king and everybody else to save me from the fire. But God said, I didn't tell you that. He said, I will walk you the valley. I'll walk you. I'm not saving you. I'm not turning the fire down. In fact, the fire got hotter. He said, but I said, what did I promise? I'll walk you through the fire. I'll be your support in the fire. And we get so mad that we even have to go through the fire. But that's what shows that we have a God that when we're in the fire and I don't get burnt in the fire, when everybody's waiting to see me sin burnt up, smelling like smoke, but I come out not sick, not burnt up, not smelling like smoke, because I'm in the fire that would have burnt, burnt the people that was putting me in the fire. They got sin, but I'm in the fire. And if he's in the fire with me, I come out the fire. That's what he's trying to prove his glory, his strength. Not my he said, I will not in any way fail you nor give you up. Thank you, God, you won't give me up. 
because I give him up so many times. Thank you, God, that you won't give me up nor leave me without support. And it says, I will not. I love how this. I will not. I will not. I love how I said it three times right here, guys, emphatically. I will not. I will not. I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you. Having lost your first love in the Greek literally means having shifted hope. What fills our prayer life more than worshiping and honoring our Creator? Because He saved us. He rescued us. The other day I was thinking I was at Waste and they call it the Waste is the fish there that saves rescued animals. And I was thinking about the rescued animals. And I said, I'm a rescue. I'm a, some, somebody thought so much about me that in my stinking sin and in my craziness and my want to kill myself, I'm a rescue. Jesus Christ rescued me. And just as you see sometimes, you know, sometimes we'll look at the dogs on TV and have you ever just seen their little puppy sad faces and their little shivering bodies? And you're just thinking, oh my God, and these people are crying out for you to rescue them. And sometimes, you know, people get mad and they say, man, they'll do more for them dogs than they'll do for people. But not Jesus. But not Jesus. And he saw us shaking, and he saw us shivering, and he saw us crying, and he saw us at our wits' end, and he saw us when people turned around away, and they didn't love us anymore, and they gave up on us. And Lorena, we're rescued, and he rescued us. We are rescued this morning, and don't you dare forget it, because sometimes we forget that we are a rescue. And just because he's cleaned us up and gave us a bath. We'll forget we're rescued, and we'll start looking around at everybody else like, mm, we got it, but we're rescued. We're all rescued. And if we but leave the God, God for a minute, we'll get back in that dirty, nasty place, that muddy place, and we'll need rescuing again. We are rescued. You guys remember God wants us to give thanks. And although we may not see the answer yet, we don't just give God thanks because we see the answer. We give thanks God thanks because He is the answer. I might not see the answer my way, but we give God thanks because His way is the best thing. Best way. Our lives are in His hands. We give thanks because we know in His hands everything is wrong. Right after, and we're going to end with this because I want y'all to do something. This is for the body. When you read this chapter about him in the temple, right after Jesus makes this statement and cleanses the temple, what happens to The sick, the lame, they all come to him right through the The blind and the lame came to him in the courtyard, and the court of the king, and he cured him. 
in the message which is now, and I'm going to try to get to what I'm really trying to say. After he cleaned up the temple, after he got the thieves out, Matthew start, the message Bible starts with now. Now there was room. Now there was room. And I never really noticed it until I read it last night. I was like, wow. Now there was room for the blind and the crippled to get in. Now, when he gets the thieves out, when he gets that self-centeredness now out, when he gets uh, us doing it our way out, now, now, we want some miracles in the house. We want God to do some great things. Then we got to get ourselves out of the way. Now, after he after they got all that out, after he overthrew all that stuff that wasn't supposed to be there, he says, now there's room. Oh, man, that just made me happy right there. It made me, come on, I need to evaluate Linda right now. What's in there that's stopping God from being tying up his hands, from being able to do some miracles up in my life? What am I holding on to that I shouldn't be holding on to? What seat has me down that... I want a now moment in the house of God. I want a now. Don't y'all want a now? Now. Now there was room. We got to make some room up here. I preached about that before. Make room, right? Did I, Mother Allen? Make room. But this is how you make room. We got to get the stuff out that's not supposed to be in. Now there was room for the blind and the crippled to get in. They came to Jesus and healed them. There was no no hindrance of our heart, no hindrance of our desires, no fleshly things standing in the way of God trying to do a spiritual thing. Now, we got to get our priorities right. We can see the move of God when we allow God to be in. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. The same thing that was hindering that day same thing that will hinder us in this day. The same now <laughs> that needs to happen needs to happen today. Today we ask Lord to fill our hearts with the longing. Oh yeah. Please Lord, fill my heart with the yearning to do your will, your way. Feel it and, and help me to see the things. Come on, that that feel from because sometimes we're so horizontal desires, like all this is what I want, all this is what I want. That this desire is lost our first love. Let's let's get back here. All I want is you, Lord. All I want is you, Lord. All I want is you, Lord. I want you to do this, but nevertheless, if you don't, all I want is you, and really mean it. All I want is you. If I never, if I never be rich, if I never get over diabetes, if I never have a relationship, if I never ever, all I want is you. And God really knows that we really mean that. Sometimes we say that, but we don't really mean it. God wants to know what we really mean. Remember when Jesus really meant it? What happened when Jesus was in the garden? He really meant it. He said, Lord. If it be possible, take this from me. If it be possible, I don't really, I don't really have to do all this. If it be possible. But his nevertheless was not like nevertheless to 
because of the two things of Christ. It was nevertheless, if you don't, I'm just getting up from this prayer and I'm walking up Dalgotha Hill with my cross and I'm getting up on it. Nevertheless, I mean it. And once God knew that he really meant it, it said that he said, ministry Do you know that sometimes I'm going through the thorn in my flesh in a sorrowful way? walk it out. Because in whatever you're going through, you I said he's with you and you'll nevertheless have to really need nevertheless. It has to be Abraham with his knife, not his knife over there. His knife was in his hand. His knife was raised. His knife was ready to come down on Isaac. And some of us, our knife is over there. Be glad-hearted, 
miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here, why here moving in this place, moving in this place, we worship you, I worship you. I worship you. You are here. You are here. Working in this place. Working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. We call you. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. We know you as a waymaker, waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are waymaker, waymaker, miracle worker. Promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. 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 You are a waymaker, waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. You are a waymaker. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. 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 Thank mm-hmm. you. 
Y'all, I, I don't even know how much to say or what to say, but I know this. I had a season. I had, I had a season. And I was, I was selfish. I was selfish. I was... I was wrong. I sinned against God <laughs> for the last for the last five and a half years. I have been in an adulterous relationship with another man while still married to my own husband and i have I have completely and totally just i thought that I thought a lot of things I thought I was justified because I was unhappy but I was unhappy because I was looking at my husband I was looking at him I was unhappy because I was looking at my children I was unhappy because I was looking at the other women in the church I was unhappy because I was I was I was I was just feeling like somehow my time should be coming somehow I was supposed to be um special somehow I was supposed to be in a place where I was an older woman, I should be teaching the younger women. I had a lot to learn. I was I was becoming prideful. I was becoming self-righteous. I was becoming consumed with just my own thoughts. I was isolating myself from I was isolating myself from everybody. I was not talking about it. I wasn't saying anything. It was going out of my mind because I thought that other people would judge me or think wrong of me or not like me I was concerned about what other people thought of me and I was not I was not talking to the Lord I wasn't I wasn't talking to my sisters and brothers in the Lord I wasn't doing any of that I was not if you let me just say this if you come across this is the real deal if you come across someone that says to you uh Lorena this is what I thought uh, if someone come, came up to me and they said, Lorena, you're going to be, you're going to meet a man. And that man is going to so sweep you off your feet. He is going to, he's going to just take you. You're going to, I would have said to you, you are crazy. I have a good marriage. I have a good family. And I'm a woman of God. And there's no way that would ever happen. Lie. Is a lie because I'm going to tell you something. Satan makes sin so incredibly beautiful that you think this cannot possibly be sin because it feels so dang good. Can I just tell you something? It is the biggest deception ever. It is so, so deceiving. And I ate it. I ate it. I ate it all. I took every single bit of that pie. I ate it. I poured myself into this other human being. I worked. I were I had never had to work. I was home. I was home. I was home caring for my family. I never had to work a day in my life out. There's all kind of other women out there working their butts off, raising their families, being single parents. I didn't have to do that. I was home with a man. And of children, and I was teaching my children. I was raising my children to know the Lord. I was, I was homeschooling my children. I was, my husband took good care of me. He took good care of me. But there were things that I wanted 
There were things that I desired. And I started looking for them. I started looking for that. I started looking, 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 looking. And I wasn't telling my sisters. I wasn't telling anybody. Can I just say to you, holy moly, sex is so incredibly strong of a temptation. It is, it is, it is power. And God meant for it to be amazing and wonderful. And he meant it to be good. And there's nothing wrong with it. But it is when you seek it outside of the confines for which God has put you in. There was a sermon I listened to, and the preacher said, you think that, you know, I'm somehow going to give you permission in your, in your covenant marriage to, like, you know, get out of it because something's going on. He said, but I'm not. I'm going to tell you that you need counseling. You need, you need restoration. You need healing. You need healing, healing, healing. And you know what he said? It begins right in your individual heart what you you us we are in our singleness we're married but we're in our singleness before the lord that means that my accountability is to god my how i am who i am is to the lord and i my i have to be um like pastor linda said i have to be all filled up covered in prayer filled with the Holy Spirit, seeking God's face, and, and being right before the Lord individually, myself. In order for me to be any, any worse as, wife, as a wife or a mother or a friend or a sister or anybody, I have to be right with the Lord. For online giving, please use the Givenify app or through our website at lfccoh.org. That's lfccoh.org. Stay in the know on the go. To get important church information, updates, and reminders, please text LFCC to 71441. Again, please text LFCC to 71441. Nobody is going to love you like this person. Wednesday night Bible study. Join us for Wednesday night Bible study here at Living Faith Christian Center or via Zoom at 6.30 p.m. Nobody can love me better than God. I mean, even my husband cannot love me better than God. And so my whole relationship with the Lord just like... there, there. And I'm going to tell you something else. We want to impose, Rena, I wanted to impose my will on God. Because I was like thinking, oh, I am so smart. I'm going to say, God, you know this man has come to you. So this must be you saying it's okay for me to stay with him. So I'm going to stay two more years. Because now this man's so nice to me. <sighs> yeah, that man... Went to church, got in Bible study. He grew in the Lord. And God convicted him of his sin with me. There are a lot of circumstances happening in my life. A lot of them. Not all of them can I speak. But I will say this. 
when you turn your heart back over to the Lord, when you start put you start confessing your sins to other people and you start being held accountable, what happens is the enemy comes against you and 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 sometimes your actions that you chose to do will have consequences. I am about to suffer consequences for some of my actions. However, I really have peace. I really have peace because I know that in in everything there is justice. And and and, and I I am trusting and believing that God's justice will be done concerning myself, concerning that other person and 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 there's other entities also involved. But you know what? Coming, coming here, I'm going to tell you why I came here. I'm going to tell you why I came back here. This woman, she would see me in town, and she knew. She knew what I was doing. She didn't say to me, oh, I know you're committing adultery. Did you? She never, she never said it, but she knew it. She never said it, but she knew it. And you know what she would do? Lorena, everybody has their story. I'm here for you when you want to tell it. That was one of the times. Another time she said to me, I'm praying for you. I pray for you all the time. I love you. She told me she loved me so many times. Do you know how many people, when you are in the body of Christ and you commit adultery, they will go away from you? They will go away from you. They will not talk to you ever again. Your children will not talk to you ever again. You're, I mean to tell you. So there came a day, I'm going to just tell this one day, there came a day where um, because this other person said to me, Lorena, our, our relationship is over. I was heartbroken. I was completely, incru- I was crushed. And this one particular day, um, I couldn't stop crying. I couldn't stop. Do you know who I, ha- I had to call? Because when you're an adulterous woman, you don't have a lot of friends. So you know who I had to call? My husband. Do you know that that man came to me? Do you know he came to me? I didn't even deserve it. I did not deserve for that man to come to me. He could have said, oh, yeah, you got real problems there, sister. You go ahead and take care of that. You are on your own. No, he came He came to where I was. He got in my car with me. He put his arm around me and held me while I cried. And do you know what I said to him? I said, I thought, I thought that if I worked real hard, I thought if I worked really, really hard, because this person I was in relationship with, he was not working. He was on a fixed income. He was in an L&I dispute. I thought if I work real hard and I see this man through all of this stuff he went through all retraining and college he went through an internship and the day before he was gainfully employed is when he decided to end things not that that had not been a conversation that had been going on but he finalized it it was like Rip it off. My husband came 
to where I was, and he, he held me up. And he has not left me not one time since. He has not left me. And I have now been accused of something. And, I, and I, I'm telling you, I'm having to go before a judge. But you know what? God, <laughs> I have peace, Pastor Linda. I have peace because I really have just been like, this is, this, I see it. I, our lives, our very lives are, are spiritual warfare. We are always in spiritual warfare. The enemy wants us all the time. He wants us all the time. He wanted to destroy me. He wanted to destroy me. He wanted to destroy my husband. He wanted to, de- he wanted to destroy that man. He wants to destroy that man too. But God has a different plan, and I will not be destroyed. I will not be shaken. I will not be taken down. God is my victor. Do you know that fear is, is, is false? False evidence, uh, um, fall, I'm, I just learned this, false evidence uh, appearing real. Thank you. False evidence appearing real. Holy moly is one of my most favorite words to say if it's offensive. I'm sorry. I, I'm not, I know what's happening right now. False evidence that seems to be real, it is not. Because I have a really great God who loves me so much. And my life, this is, this, it's going. It's going on, and it's going on for the Lord. And I am not going to be shaken. I'm not going to be moved. And my family is my family, my husband. And I don't know if we're going to be restored. I really don't. Today's the first day I wore my grandmother's wedding band. I've not had a ring on my finger in five and a half. Actually, I've not had a ring on my finger in 12 years. So I just, I just want you all to know that you do not want to separate from God. You do not, you do not want the enemy to have a foothold in your life. You do not want to keep in your heart your thought processes that you know are wrong. You have to say them out loud. You have to talk to a brother or a sister in the Lord who will lift you up because that is what the enemy wants. It says in the word, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another. It doesn't, no, you know, don't go talking about them. You just pray for them because there's power in numbers. You know, two are better than one. Three, three. You imagine a hundred people praying for you praying with you all in unison, all together. The enemy cannot move. The enemy, oh, oh, no, no, no. I better stop saying that. But Pastor Linda, thank you for letting me speak. And thank you, everybody. I, I'm not telling you about my sin so y'all can go and be like, oh, that Lorena. No, you know what? I'm telling you about my sin because I've been set free. I, I'm telling you about my sin because I know, I know that I am a woman who wants to do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. I'm not going to let the enemy take my family away from me. I have ten children, seven sons and three daughters, and he didn't give them to me for nothing. And I got, as my daughter says, my youngest daughter, 
She comes in the house. She says, okay, old man, go ahead and start that fire. She was talking to her dad. I'm like, what? She goes, oh, wait. I mean, wise old man, can you please start the fire? So there's a wise old man at my house, and I don't know if he's going to be my man for all time. That I don't know because there's still a lot of things going on. But you know what? I have an old man, a heavenly father, an ancient an eternal father who I am depending on as a woman, an individual. And here I am, and this is me, and I'm just going to be what I'm going to be what the Lord wants. But I am not going to let my house has been clean, Pastor Linda. And I would like for you to pray for me that it stay that way because I have a lot of head. And I just have to be standing firm. You guys, thank you guys for, you know, I want to say thank you guys for standing and staying. But I also want y'all to say thank you, God, for letting us being able to hear this awesome testimony in the house of the Lord. To know that we can go through things and to be able to see what God can do. To me, this is, this is the word alive right here. This is the walking living word alive and so you guys i do want us to pray for lorena because as she's made this step and i and this is a journey for her to make this step today you guys so and i'm so glad that she made it but to for her to make this step you guys we know that the enemy wants to just but god has kept her up to now he'll keep you all the way and now you just don't have me like you said if one if two now you got wait 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 way more people that are praying for you that God and I'm a witness I'm standing here I'm a witness I know what prayer can do I wouldn't be standing here if it wasn't for God I wouldn't have my family if it wasn't for God so I know what God can do and so Lord we just thank you right now in the name of Jesus God we thank you for this day today is the day of salvation she did something today Oh, God, and we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you that the chains are breaking right now in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we pray for everything that is needed in restoration, God, how you restore, God. Oh, God, we ask right now that she would submit to that restoration. Oh, Father, bless her husband. Bless her children. Bless the other man, oh God. God, you love them all. There's not one of them that you don't love. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, oh God, we ask right now in the name of Jesus that we kick the devil in his face and salvation come to everyone that's involved. And so, God, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus for this day. God, this shall be a remembrance on all of our hearts, God. And, God, we don't just pray for her right at this moment. We continue to pray for her during the week as there are other challenges that she has to face. God, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Bless our congregation. God, there are those that are standing right now, and they're in their mind. They're just like, God, but you know, but you know. And, God, you're saying to tell them, yes, I do know. And the same strength that I've given her, I will give to you. So we thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Bless in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What a good God day. Oh, thank you, God, right now.
for online giving, please use the Givenify app or through our website at lfccoh.org. That's lfccoh.org. Stay in the know on the go. To get important church information, updates, and reminders, please text LFCC to 71441. Again, please text LFCC to 71441. Wednesday Night Bible Study. Join us for Wednesday Night Bible Study here at Living Faith Christian Center or via Zoom at 6.30 p.m. This concludes this week's coming events. We look forward to worshiping with you next week. Before we are giving statement of faith. At Living Faith Christian, we believe, according to the Bible, that tithing is an act of worship. It's an expression of the heart that we trust God with our finances, whatever our financial situation may be. We give back to God the first 10% of all our income to assist in the preservation of the church. Being generous in tithing and offering is the standard of the righteous. Through the grace of giving, we cheerfully support the work of the kingdom, spreading the good news, reaching the lost, and helping those in need. We live to give and love to give. Before we close, we want to um, ask if there's anybody looking for a church home. Um, we're more than we're glad to receive everybody. If you're looking for a church home, come up. And if you, this is not the For online giving, please use the Givenify app or through our website at lfccoh.org. Elders, please. If anybody still need prayer, um, because this is a ministering service, is um, ministering service. Anybody still need prayer? We still have people that's willing to pray. Just because the service is ending doesn't mean that we're not going to stop praying. So if anybody need prayer, uh, ministers, we have ministers that are pray. So we are available uh, for everybody, anybody that wants prayer. Heavenly Father, as we close, we thank you for your word, Lord God. <laughs> We thank you for your word today, Lord God, that you are cleansing the house, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. And as you cleanse the house, Father, that you will restore the house, Lord God, that it will not be empty, Lord God, so the enemy will make room to come in and make it worse, Father. But you will restore those things, Lord God, that's things of you, Father, right now in the name of Jesus. We give you thanks for the word that Pastor London poured out today, Lord God, and that we will hold on to it, gravitate it, and take it home, Lord God, and apply it to our lives, Father, right now, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for making the temple clean, Lord God, that you can come in and heal, Lord God, that you can restore, Father, in the name of Jesus. 
And, Lord God, whatever that we needed today, Lord God, we pray, Lord God, that it was received today, Lord God, with an open heart today, Father, in the name of Jesus. We ask you, Lord God, as we go, Lord God, that we will continue to have you on our heart, Lord God. But you will continue to be with us, Lord God, in our coming and our going, Lord God. We bless your holy name, for you are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. We are dismissed.